When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Panther fans, what's the deal? It's Tony Dunn, the professor. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast, Tuesday night, 9 p.m., we're here on Shindig trying to work through the kinks and the ruffles and the kerfuffles to bring you the longest running Panthers podcast out there. I'm here with my homeboys, Cody Lashney in the house. How you doing? I am doing well, but uh, it says you're connecting and it says I'm connecting. I can hear y'all. Oh my gosh. I'm telling oh, you're right. Boy. The YouTube chat does say that. Mm. All right. Oh, oh. Yay. Now All we right. just got to wait on Cody. I'm telling you, <laughs> Cody has been so excited about blasting into this shindig. Um, good Lord. And it's a pain in my ass. I tell you that. What the most pain in my ass is live streaming. They can hear us. Hopefully, Cody Lashney will be back in a second. Tonight's episode of Super Bowl Week Makes for Sad Panther Fans. As we conclude the 2019-2020 Season, and um, this is the 52nd Tuesday or weekly show we've done. We've also done some impromptu episodes, some bonus episodes, post-game episodes, and this concludes, I believe, 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, our seventh full season where we don't miss a beat talking about the Carolina Panthers. Cody Lashney. Are you around, my friend? I am. Thank God. I am here. I'm back. Uh, I, I see everybody's face on the YouTube video. Uh, this is our first time using Shending, people. There's going to be some bumps. Uh, we haven't used this in a while, but if we try and get this going again, it will uh, better the content that we're putting out to you, man. But let me do my usual spiel, man. The chat room is already lit. RT1981. Yes, my mother. Love you, mom, in the chat room. Real Ashton. Better Sarah Taylor. Underground West. Trill One. 
ain't nothing to it but to do it, Tony Dunn. Brother, let's roll. The Bat Daddy in the house, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Uh, trying to get through these difficulties with Shindig, but uh, I don't know as much better as y'all do, so I'll just roll with the punches. Well, thanks for carrying us in CK in the car. <laughs> He's a man that never quits. <laughs> man, uh, tell you what, I'm actually really excited about Shindig. I think it adds an extra layer of, uh, as Cody said, content that we can provide, and uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I, I, I've been racking my brain what we're going to talk about today, but uh, I'm sure the somehow in true C3 fashion, we're going to find a way to drag this along for two and a half hours. So, Oh, no way. No way. Our goal is to make it to... to, to <laughs> and that's how you know it'll happen, because Tony said no way. <laughs> right. No, we're trying to make it to 129. 20 2020 we're trying to make it into tomorrow how about that if i will that into effect if i say we're trying to make it till midnight we will be doing it like eight minutes oh gosh we are not doing it all right so guys uh the super bowl is approaching and to be honest it is made for a quiet time for carolina panthers news i think if anything uh, there have been some additions to the coaching staff, and that's about it, guys. When it comes to Panther news, has anybody heard anything? So, um, so yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, obviously, the the Chase Blackburn uh, rehire. Um, that's that's really the biggest news. But I think the biggest news has got to be. I don't know if we had the conversation last Tuesday if this had come out yet, but Matt Rule showing uh, heavy interest in wanting to bring Luke back uh, as a part of the organization in some capacity. Um, so I, I don't think we've actually had a full-blown conversation about that conversation, about that um, interview that Matt Rule did, and he said that. So I don't know if maybe that's one thing we could talk about tonight. Well, Chase, what I like is this, is they interviewed Chase Blackburn, which uh, I don't know if this is a good hire back or whatever it may be, but – they came out and said something very um, supportive. Matt Rule said he is not retaining Chase Blackburn. He is hiring him. He got the job. I like that. You know, Matt Rule is smart in, in those types of things. I think that's a good way of phrasing it. We're not just holding on to you because you're a relic of something. That's okay. We want you to be part of this staff. Now, when it comes to Luke Keekley, I do think it's, um you know, heartening to hear that Matt Rule would be interested in bringing him back. What what else do he say? Or bringing him in. But I'm so scared he's going to be a Redskin coach, dude. I don't know, man. I just, I I don't, I don't see, uh, I mean, maybe if if you wanted to be under the guidance of Ron Rivera, but dude, I think part of the thing is he loves the, the situation that he's in and the life that he lives and the teammates that he has. And I think being a Panthers coach would continue him being able to play a part in the sport that he so loves, yet also with the people that he loves to participate in it with, just in a different fashion. I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, I hope it happens, man. Uh, I, I'm really loving all the moves that we're making, man. All the coaching hires um, that we're going to talk about Phil Snow a little more. And if Shindig doesn't take a dump in the middle of the show, I'll show you guys some clips I grabbed. Um, but I think all the coaching hires have been superb um, on every level. And uh, Luke Keekley coming to this coaching staff 
would be incredible. And it's looking like we're probably going to end up having to draft another linebacker this year just because we're so thin. So whoever we bring in, uh, having Luke Kuechly as a teacher and a mentor, man, that would be second to none. Yeah. Well, I actually didn't hear anything about – I heard about something about this, but I heard – I read articles about Luke Keekley saying he wanted to move on to coaching, but I didn't hear anything about Matt Rule wanting Keekley. I, I, I may have just missed something, but I haven't found anything connecting him to wanting to be the Panthers. It just seems like it would make sense for him to want to be with the Panthers. But I didn't yeah. see Matt Rule wanting him. I just, and, then, and then a few Twitter accounts um, are, are putting out that there's some big news uh, for the Panthers coming soon. Somebody in our chat room, in fact, already alluded to it. Uh, I think it was RT81. Um, but yeah, uh, apparently there's some big news that's apparently cooking, uh, according to a few different Twitter accounts. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. A lot of people are speculating that, uh, Luke Kingsley joining the staff is, is what it is, but I mean, it could be a number of things. So who knows? CK, what are your thoughts on the Blackburn hire? <laughs> um, consistency in that, I guess is not a bad thing. <laughs> uh, I, it's it's an interesting you know concept. I, I've always been a fan of Blackburn, except for I think that last year our uh, special teams was a big weakness of ours. But I think everything was a big weakness of ours. So um, you know, our we, special we had... teams have been a weakness forever. I can't. Yeah, I think that the only that. time we had any signs of hope when it came to special teams was that first stint with Ted Ginn. Yeah. Other than well, that, um, it's been a revolving door of fumbles and bullshit and terrible. We can't ever tackle. You know, we just haven't been able to win field position battles for since 2015. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but if you guys want to continue, I'm going to be radio silent until I can get my PC up and running. And I'll be right back. Yep. All right. Um, okay. All right. Perfect. Now, uh, Cody, your thoughts on the Blackburn hire? Um, yeah, so listen, I mean, I really don't know. I have really uh, genuinely no idea how he's going to be as a head coach. Um, I don't know, you know, what qualities Matt Rule sees in him, but, uh, and I'm not, what I mean is I just, I, I don't know enough about it. If, if he won the job, if he thought that, um, he was worth the hire, then I, I trust Matt Rule's judgment. I mean, I'm on that, uh, that train of, um, you know, I have no reason to doubt Matt Rule yet. I mean, once the season goes on, you guys know I'm going to give you my clear-cut opinion on everything. If I think the coaches are doing well or not, we're all going to do that. But right now, like I said earlier, all these coaching hires um, have been really tremendous. I think that we've done better than any NFL team right now during this period in hiring a new staff. Um, and I'm not just being like a Homer fan. Like, I really do believe that. So... Um, I think that if Chase Blackburn, uh, I mean, some people are better coaches than they are players. So I'm hoping that that's the case with Chase. And um, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. And maybe we can have a pretty uh, solid special teams unit for once. All right. So I guess the other news is, or not news, but Phil Snow is kind of in the news and he addressed the local Panthers media today in a conference call. And, uh, you know, he has, you know, I was listening to, I live in a college town and they had the baseball coach come on for East Carolina and do 
the like essentially that uh, all that first year, you know, whatever it is, the opening press conference, yeah. open right where they for the boosters and people that buy the table, or whatever. And he said that he was going to go do a lot of talking, but not say anything. <laughs> he said, I'm going to yeah. do a lot of talking, but I'm not going to say anything. So I feel like that's kind of what we get with these coaches right now. And so, you know, what are they really going to say at this point, this early in the stage about what they see in the defense going forward? Uh, but what Phil Snow sounds like is, and both Matt Rule, they both sound like they are adaptable and flexible is kind of at the heart of their um, football philosophy. I'm just worried. Like some of it seems like so all old ball coach talk is like, we're just going to play fast and physical and hey. play to, you know, I mean, but I guess that's what you got to say, right? I, I do want to point out that that's what I said. I had a problem with in the beginning with, saying a lot of words but or saying a lot of stuff but not saying anything that does sound like greg's argument that, that's yeah. what i said and everybody <laughs> called now now two weeks later <laughs> well all right so let me let that. me uh, yeah. let me intervene and uh further test out our our shindig here i want to show you all why i'm really liking this uh this this hire with phil snow because what a lot of people really don't um it doesn't dawn on them is that when you're a coach you're a teacher and Tony said this a number of times. You have to be a teacher first and foremost, especially for these dudes that are coming out of college and they're not totally used to the NFL game. It's going to be important that you have a guy that can teach them the right things to do. And uh, I want to play this clip for everybody, and hopefully it goes well. Thanks. Okay. So the reason I slide and don't jump the bubble, okay, so what I do is I go here, Chris Bubbles. I get visual right now, and the reason I'm sliding, I can see whether he throws it. If he throws it, I'm gone to this. But I see how I'm in the window of the slant, so it helps the corner. But now if the ball, he's throwing it there, you got to what? Go. Is, but you slide and get visual. Volume, do guys? it again. Do it again. Do it again. There we go. I hear it. Normally, if this guy hooks up at five yards, are we getting a post behind it? No, it's Marlboro. All right? All right? But... You guys understand that, All right? So he goes shallow across. We yeah. can get it. Oh. Well, no, the vid, no, not us. So it's the video. I, I think it's when I do the layouts. So, um, well, let me pause this. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think it's just when I transition. Let me uh, try it one more time, and then if it doesn't work, then I'll try and play it normally. Okay, so the reason I slide and don't jump the bubble, okay, so what I do is I go here, Chris Bubbles, I get visual right now, and the reason I'm sliding, I can see whether he throws it, if he throws it, I'm gone to this, but I see how I'm in the window of the slant, so it helps the corner, but now if the ball, he's throwing it there, you gotta what, go, I hit that but you so slide and get visual, do it again. Do yeah, it again, I do did, it again. did the same thing. Damn it, I don't know why. Uh, froze again. Why? Wow. Yeah, so now we got dead air. I don't know, man. That, that's um, disappointing. So what we got here is that uh, I saw Josh from Mass say trade Shindig to Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we might have to. I, I don't know why. Um, 
why it's doing that. I feel like maybe if I played it normally, um, yeah, normally it wouldn't do that. But uh, I don't know. Let's see if I can play. Let me see if I can play my phone. This is one that's going to make y'all sad. Let's see if this one works. I don't know. I don't know what it said. But is that contract with McCaffrey going to get a little bit ugly here? Yes, absolutely, for a variety of reasons. One, Chris McCaffrey is one, a businessman first. This is a guy that was on the forefront of, I'm not going to play my bowl game because I'm We'll see if it even works. Like, I feel like we're watching it and nobody else is seeing it. To me, he was seemingly healthy. YouTube chat's behind, so. Limited risk of injury. It looks like it's playing on YouTube. Number three, Joel Siegel is the agent. Yeah, it is playing. Represented Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson, after his third year, had a nearly preseason-long holdout for the Titans, and dramatically changed the uh, uh, running back market in 2011. Signed for about 13 and a half million per year when the market was basically eight six. Um, given that he's got a whole new coaching staff, new offensive coordinator, strike while the iron is hot, particularly as a running back. I expect this one to be... All right, so look, the video worked for me, Cody. Yeah, so uh, Alex Stark uh, brought it up, um, and I know that's what it, uh, that's what it is. Once we, once we try and enlarge the video, it, it freezes, and it doesn't play. And it was doing that before. Um, but all right, so since I... Do you want me to try the uh, Phil Snow video again? And um, One last time for our viewers who cannot get enough of Phil Snow's frozen self. <laughs> well, uh, well, we'll see. Okay. So the reason I slide and don't jump the, the bubble. Okay, so what I do is I go here. Chris Bubble. I get visual I right I hear now. It as and the reason I'm sliding, I can see whether he throws it. If he throws it, I'm gone to this. But I see how I'm in the window of the slant, so it helps the corner. But now if the ball, he's throwing it there, you got to what? Go. But you slide, get visual. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Here we go. Yeah, it works. Normally, if this guy hooks up at five yards, are we getting a post behind it? No, it's Marlboro. All right? All right? But you guys understand that. All right? So, but if he goes shallow across, we can be getting what over here now? Post. So I will I will help you guys with route combinations, all right? But if you make a mistake, where do you make a mistake? No, yeah, you're deep driving the what? The dig. We don't get beat on the what? Post. You guys understand that? So as you can see there, man, um, uh, yeah, Phil Snow is a coach. He is interested in making sure that all these guys – are doing their due diligence, that they know their assignments, that they are where they need to be at the right time, uh, that they know what coverage they're supposed to be in. Um, I, I mean, he really, uh, you know, I mean, you could show a clip of anyone coaching and try and glean things of what they're saying, but, you you know, I can kind of tell from uh, his voice that really there's a, uh, a dedication to, to excellence in, in the craft that I think Phil Snow kind of demonstrates. So um, I, I'm happy about this hiring. Um, uh, Alex Stark says Phil is all about that smoke. I 100% agree with you, man. Um, that I think that he's going to bring a, an energy to this defense that um, uh, that we haven't seen in a while. I kind of think the Ron Rivera, 
and um, Eric Washington. I kind of think that after you spend so many years listening to the same voices coaching you over and over, I think maybe it's kind of inevitable that you eventually start to tune them out a little bit. So uh, I think a, a different voice, a fresh voice, um, is really going to do our defense uh, a lot of good. I like the you know, teaching component. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll just say I don't really know anything about a lot of these coaches, and I really don't have any kind of idea what's going on. So what I decided to do was, like I was just saying in the chat a moment ago, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch and see what happens. I'm not going to get mad about anything I don't know about. But, you know, like I was saying, the talking doesn't convince me about anything. I kind of want to see some results, and I can't see that now, so I can't hold that against the coaching and Matt Rule and all his new hires. And um, I don't know anything about it, man. I I, I really don't. Um, that's not really my, I guess. Well, there's nothing strength. really to okay. know. Right? Is yeah, there's nothing exactly, to know. Yeah. There's right now is that we can either choose to believe that these guys aren't going to work or we can choose to believe that they are. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot I of the things that a lot of the things that we have been talking about for the last eight, seven years on this podcast when it comes to the coaching staff that the Carolina Panthers have and some of the concerns like we can't they can't control injuries. They can't control a lot of different things, so it's not all on the coaching staff, but we have repeatedly talked about a set of weaknesses or some things that we wish were different when it came to that staff. I think some of those concerns were slightly tempered after the all-in or all-or-nothing all all series where we thought we saw so much charisma when it came to Ron Rivera when it came to uh, Cam Newton. But like when you go back to it is Ron Rivera. We always talk shit about him with the, the clock management. We talked about how he was conservative until he couldn't be anymore. We talked about um, how the offensive coordinators and some of these guys, whether it goes back to Ken Dorsey being a quarterback's coach for Cam Newton, we talked about, we questioned and sometimes their ability to teach so uh and motivate and uh, what we've seen is a level at least we've seen those things i feel like it's like this cody is uh i was a big president obama supporter he was my dude right and my and i talked so much smack about george w back in the day because of ultimately how unpolished he was i felt like as a speaker but now I wish we could all, I wish we could have old W back so much. But people, so as I'm out there and people are talking shit to me about my man, Obama, they'll be like, just because he talks nicely and speaks well doesn't mean he knows what the hell he's doing. And I think this is that saying the right thing should not be held against you. <laughs> right? yeah. Is speaking well should not be held against you. So, hey, we've seen about the only things we can see from this staff. And what else are we supposed to say? Right, Cody? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's not necessarily even uh, uh, about spoken well. Like, I get Greg's point. Like, whenever you hear these conferences, there's a lot of, you know, new time press conference coach speak. And that goes without saying. Um but I do think that every once in a while, 
you know, depending on what they say, um, you know, you can actually glean some decent information about what they intend to do. And um, I know Phil Snow spoke recently and he was talking about, uh, you know, he doesn't know what we're going to run yet if it's a 3-4 or a 4-3 because he's like, well, you have to know what kind of personnel you have in order to dictate what you're going to be able to run. And I feel and like we don't have our personnel. We don't even have right. our personnel. And I feel like a lot of Panthers fans last season, uh, uh, even in our chat room, were saying that we're just not quite built to run the 3-4. Three, four. Three, four, uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I think that um, he's already kind of speaking to some of the issues that we have been uh, very vocal about already. Do you want us to go back to 3-4? I mean, the 4-3? Um, to me, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm hot or cold to me. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. I think that you can build, um, a, a really effective defense using both of them. Um, uh, I, I, I would probably, uh, say that a three, four is easier to draft for and build, but I, I think, a, a, a truly dominant four, three, like what San Francisco is running right now mm-hmm. is probably in my uh, estimation the best the best defense that you can field um but i you can do them both uh, and be able to stop the run and stop the pass if you're coached effectively yeah I agree. when it comes to the going back to the three four the four three is you know do we have a bad taste in our mouth for a three four scheme because it didn't work well where we you know not you know instead of it truly not being effective we struggled against three four so much as offense over the last whatever you know we i felt like pittsburgh always destroyed us we had trouble against who else was it that ran a three four that just denver always, obviously yeah so and and we had some problems with that. I don't know. It's gonna. It's kind of hard to say as one superior or inferior, but it's hard to compare any defense to that of San Francisco because they have four studs right there. Right. And then you don't you don't have to blitz. You don't have to send anybody. You know. And that we don't have any studs. No. Well, also I would say. Um, uh, well, well it's KK, KK. Yeah, I wouldn't say that we have no studs, and I think Gerald McCoy is good too. Um, but I would, uh, I would also say this: one of the nastiest four-three defenses that I've ever seen. Uh, they both happened in the same year. It was uh, the Carolina Panthers in 2013, and it was that Seattle Seahawks uh, with the Legion of Boom. And neither the Panthers nor Seattle had top five picks at every spot on the D line. So. Um, it's all about coaching. Can, you know, can you coach your physical potential effectively? Meaning, do you know what kind of players you have? Are they in the right position to succeed? And um, that's the one thing that I'm gleaming from all of our coaching hires is that everyone wants to op- optimize the talent that we have on roster. So that's exciting. Yeah. Thoughts, CK? Hopefully this is uh, working for me and my connection. I, you guys are uh, very digitally distorted, so I think it might be my internet. But, uh, uh, man, I, I guess I, I wanted to make one point, I guess, about the uh, Phil Snow thing before we moved away from that. Um, Tony, you said you wanted to use the chalkboard. Uh, I, I got I got the 
I got the dry erase board here. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, we can. Make so sure this, that's this not right a here. sharpie. If that's a sharpie, he just ruined his kids' thing. <laughs> Should I even... dry erase? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. So I try X? and emphasize his layout so that way he can, we can all yeah. get a yeah. better. Uh, okay, let's try it. <laughs> you guys see this red X? Yes. Yeah. That's Brian Burns. Keep him on the field. You'll be good. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> I thought that whole board was the side Panthers sideline. Damn, I feel like I just learned <laughs> a whole lot, and I wasn't expecting to learn that much. But cool. Right. I'm happy to know. <laughs> okay, so the you know, there's still so much to be determined when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. Oh, uh, of course it's connecting. Okay. So that that's the thing. Until we can figure it out, whenever we go full screen, uh, uh it just it doesn't matter if it's a video or if it's one of us, it just takes its shit. So we'll, we'll have to Knock so they didn't, even get to, uh, they didn't even get to see CK's joke. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, that man, sucks. All right, well, he might have to drop out and then drop back in. Let me see. Um, Can you try the stop broadcast we'll, we'll, or broadcast? We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Let me see what it does on the broadcast, and I'll uh, – Okay, I'll so the coaching time. staff is saying a bunch of stuff but isn't saying anything, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what all they can do. What about the coaching staffs in other places now? The pan the Super Bowl's approaching, and as um, we're sitting here languishing for news, the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs are, you know, going to head to this Super Bowl. Any does? How are your feelings when it comes to? The Super Bowl, and as we struggle, are, are you guys struggling with it? Is that I'm so excited about this game, but then I see these stupid stories and tweets about 2015. It makes me sad. Well, what are you seeing about 2015? Like, I oh, the athletic Joe Person put out a story of like, here are the plays that could have helped us win and then went through like the drop, the miscatch, the block, whatever, you know? And so okay. I've been sad. I've been in my feelings because, uh, really now thinking back, cause I always think back to that Panther Super Bowl whenever we get around the Super Bowl time. And I gotta say that in retrospect, that Super Bowl loss was the beginning of the end. Uh, for, yeah, for what, what we like are now. for this it was the beginning yeah. of this ends right here mm -hmm. no i i kind of feel that way too it's seemed like it's gone all downhill since that moment like that was that was as high as we were gonna get we were almost there uh it's weird man you know when you talk about looking at the 2015 stuff and how it kind of makes you sad or like seeing it you know when we when the 2003 man and i was in college my best friend's birthday was Super Bowl Sunday and he was a Patriots fan and we were watching the game together and he actually bought the um, the Super Bowl edition of the uh, you know they always pass it or put it on ESPN to buy the yeah. season and watch Super Bowl and I used to borrow it from him just to see the Panthers play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh gosh. So for me just seeing That's him in so there. Sad. It so is sad. sad man but for just seeing him in there makes me um, makes me uh happy so i don't mind seeing the 2015 stuff it reminds me of greatness that i haven't seen in a long time 
Brad, Brad Dugan yeah. saw the athletic story and he re- he said that he responded if Ron and the coaching staff would have made halftime adjustments or in-game adjustments, we would have had a Super Bowl. I tweeted, you know, Joe Person kind of bucked up a little bit. It's because I said, if I, if I click on this story and I read it and it doesn't have Graham Gano's missed field goal up there as one of the reasons we lost this game. I'm going to be pissed. And he said, well, question mark. And uh, he didn't put it in the damn saw store. that. Missed it like Graham Gano missed the field goal. I was like, oh, Joe Person, I was going to snatch his spiky little wig off. <laughs> Dude, I just, uh, you know, so, uh, shout out to uh, to Sarah Taylor in the, in the uh, YouTube chat. She says uh, she gets Facebook memories. Of the 2015 Super Bowl, yeah, I do too, man. And they're uh, they're painful every time. But really, if you think about it, that might be um, the last time. Well, it is for sure uh, the last time that we got to see a lot of uh, our favorite players of all time on the Panthers yeah. uh, playing together at, at the highest level, man. Greg Olson, Luke Kigley, Cam Newton. Uh, I, I mean, dude, we were Jonathan Stewart. You know, we were uh, we were balling out that year, and I think it was such a pleasant surprise because uh, no one expected us to be good going into that year. Kelvin Benjamin got hurt, which, what do you know, was a godsend. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, just uh, I, I don't know. I, I have bad memories about the Super Bowl, but I think we're going to be in uh, in a bunch of Super Bowls coming up here. Did y'all hear, so, so. Did y'all hear about our, our Super Bowl MVP? And what happened with him recently? Uh, our Super Bowl MVP? Yeah, our Super Bowl MVP. Like, if we would have won, he would have been the MVP. Oh, Coney Ely? Uh, yeah, he signed with the XFL in Houston. Oh, really? I bet a lot of players are going to start doing that. Yep. I predict a lot of players him. who are having trouble playing the league. I wonder start, why he, uh, he didn't work out. out. You know, how do you go from having, like, the most di- – he had the same exact game that Von Miller had, essentially. <clears throat> Well, not not really. I think I think uh, if you look at even that interception, it was a nice interception. But uh, you're playing against the Peyton Manning that was hobbled and that was doing everything he can to be carried to uh, his final you know Super Bowl ring before he retired. So um, you know, even if you look at it, I think you know we we talked about. I think that uh, uh, Luke got a lot of people paid, right? And I think that's probably a similar. You know, Coney Ely was not a starter in any capacity. He, he was attempted to be a starter with many teams, the Jets, the Patriots, all of them, and it never worked out. And uh, that I almost want to say that if you, if you have a loop on your team, you're, you're, you're tending going to be, you know, especially in this prime, you're going to be in a, in a better spot uh, moving forward. So that's why it I looks so to, good, I think. I hate to say it, but I feel like sometimes – my thought goes to when these super athletes don't work and can't work, but you've seen like that they can play like they just, I start to wonder, are they dumb? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, like, what is it then? You know what I'm saying? Is this like, I mean, I really think it's as simple as they just, they're not as good as people thought they were and they couldn't uh, continue to cut it on an NFL level. I mean, it's not like Coney Ealy didn't have his every opportunity to replicate that success the very next year. 
and yeah. we, just, we just never got it from them. So, but think about this: is some people sink. We almost gave Coney Ely more opportunity than we did Brian Burns. <laughs> yeah, we we did give him more opportunity. Ron Rivera did that. Okay, so uh, Coney Ely to the XFL. Is anybody going to watch the XFL? I am. Fuck no, man. Wow. <laughs> Dude, uh, so what was the last one that that was uh tony what was the afl dude people were trying to get me to get into it oh what team it was fun dude it was fun i just i i don't know man i i tried i couldn't i mean i'm i'm gonna check it out if anything i'm uh interested to see how they implement the new rules you know because that's, that's what i want to see yeah and that's what i want to see too and i'm hoping that it's good for competition and that if it's more exciting that the NFL is going to be like, Oh, well, if it's better then we have to change competition's a good thing. You know, I know that they're never going to rival the NFL like that, but um, if it causes the, the uh, NFL to be better officiated or just a better, more fluent football game, then yeah, of course that's uh that would be awesome. It's AAF Tommy dot barn. Yeah. What did I say? AFL. I, I think we said. I think we both said AFL. Yeah, but it's AAF. I like uh, the the one thing I like about these leagues is that just guys that there's just not a lot of room on pro rosters. Yeah. Now, um, and so it's all about you know who the XFL who's going to be really good at identifying talent from it probably is Matt Rule. He's like I'm out there recruiting. <laughs> He's going to be out there recruiting. In the XFL, because that's how he does it. He's got to go find these athletes that could be coached up. Uh, but I was, let's go. I do want to just remind guys that this show is brought to you by The Athletic this week. And you can go and read, uh, the sad story by Joe Person about how the Carolina, how these plays, uh, the Panthers could have ultimately won the Super Bowl. I think we all need to be lobby for, the Graham Gano missed field goal, the doink, 44 yards. That could have made it 13-10 and slowed the momentum, made it a field goal-type game, could help the game plan a little bit instead of having to try to win it all. And at the end, uh, you can go read about that at The Athletic. It's a fantastic. They have the best writers when it comes to the Panthers right now, particularly with local media markets. Um, and newspapers, should I say, struggling to find their way in this new digital era. The Athletic has made a sports page uh, for sports fans. It's a subscription-based pl- uh, program or site, and you no ads, and they have live Q&As. I know, CK, that's what you're into, is that you get to interact with these beat writers. Not only are they good, but you get to speak with them, and they speak back when it, when it comes to the Athletic. Oh, yeah. And and so there was an uh, experience that I had where, you know, I asked a question to Joe Person, you know, about uh, this was in the midst of the season. Uh, Kyle Allen was doing uh, a, a stand up job, I guess you could say, of, of, of holding down the fort as well as a backup of his uh, of his caliber can be. And Joe decided to do a Q&A. And so I typed in there, what is the general feel? You know, let, let's forget about what people are saying, because we know political talk. Right. Um, what's the feel of the locker room? And, uh, you know, he said just basically just avoidance, a sense of avoidance. People are avoiding 
the conversation. And so I thought that was really cool that uh, you can actually have that direct communication with the people standing in front of these players with the mic. It's it's definitely worth uh, reading up on because I think it's a more intimate way of uh, of reporting. So definitely worth uh, worth every bit. Each subscriber gets a personalized feed of stories, live Q&As, and more. You just get the Athletic app, pick your favorite teams, follow them, and all of a sudden you'll get the best coverage uh, tuned in for your interests. Make sure you go to athletic.com slash overtime. Uh, that's the promo code overtime. Go to athletic.com slash overtime all lowercase the athletic.com slash overtime i'll say it one more time the athletic.com slash overtime i feel like i have you guys listen to podcasts don't you ck yeah absolutely you, you hear that one ad and it's just like slash needle slash needle slash needle and i'm like <laughs> oh my god i have slash needle yeah just right. keep on yeah gosh oh, uh, <laughs> that's the ath- all right that's our plug for the athletic um, all right, so we've talked a little bit about Phil Snow. Oh, is here. I saw another story on the athletics. Since we'll just make it the athletic moment right now, is Jordan Rodriguez put up a story that said, uh, and here's the title As Matt Rule and his staff evaluate Carolina's roster, these intriguing young players merit a closer look. Here are the names that is intri- that she's intrigued by that she thinks that this uh, coaching staff should be interested in. F.A. Obata, Jermaine Carter, Marquise Haynes, Christian Miller, Curtis Samuel, Greg Little, Ian Thomas, Alex Arma, Dante Jackson. Are any of these names that interesting to you? And who is it, Cody? Yes, a lot of them. I mean, that most of those dudes were... Guys, I mean, Greg Little was drafted last year. Yeah, the dude's yeah. gonna is you know a lot of these guys have to get the benefit of the doubt. We need to see uh, who they develop into. I still think Christian Miller could be a damn good um, uh, pass rushing outside linebacker, um, and he even had his hand in the dirt some at Alabama. Um, he had eight sacks his final year. The dude has talent, man. It's just you know uh, a lot of good players never got enough snaps under Ron Rivera. So we're hoping now that now we do have the coaching staff that can get the most out of our young players. Cause we have not done that well for a very long time, man. Either guys uh, are still developing or they don't develop at the right trajectory. And it just ends up stunting the growth of our football team. But I would say that most of those guys, uh, you know, I don't, I mean, I, I don't think you named any big time free agents, but uh, I mean, for the most part, it's now up to this brand new coaching staff to take the talent that's on roster and and see what you can do with it. Um, All right, yeah. I think the scary part about that list, CK, is that there are no proven commodities on that list except hmm. for maybe Curtis Samuel, and I think that's even a stretch to say. Can we? Can we? And I'm not about to be this this guy who's trying to create a copycat type of uh, endeavor here but would you have said anybody on the on the 49ers team was a proven commodity outside of Kittle what last year maybe Sherman but well yeah, yeah last year before this year I mean you know you look at that I mean yeah they had a lot of uh potential talent but nobody actually showed up every single play every single game you know Sherman seemed to look like he was in the back end of his career on a downward spiral 
And, uh, you know, now we find out that, uh, you know, with a few tweaks here and there, these guys put the pieces together the right way. You can create dominance with uh, the most uh, mundane pieces as long as they're put together correctly. So it really does, you know, boil down to coaching. (laughs) So, uh, well, that's, I mean, but at the same time, Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, and those boys, they all, all of a sudden that came around pretty quickly. You know, I mean, I think they were a lot of people were forecast. Do you remember? I think Solomon Thomas was on the trade block last year. Yeah. And let's, even, let's talk and, about this. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, let's talk about it. You know, if you want to talk about outside of the uh, big QB pickup, um, you know, this year and the 49ers last year, eerily similar, right? You had the pieces that should have been together. I, I don't think it's, you know, and what I mean by that is they're, they had Solomon Thomas that was drafted that year, right? Am I wrong on that? Two years ago, uh, I think. Two year, two yeah, years two years ago. ago. Yeah. And so, and then last year they had a high draft pick, which was Joey Bosa. And all yeah. of a sudden, yeah, you know, they had a bad, they had a quarterback Bosa, go down early in the season. Yeah, Nick Bosa, my bad. Um, had a quarterback go down early in the season and that tanked their season. And then they had a high draft pick and they got Nick Bosa. Now, granted, you know, that wait, was a bit wait, wait. How many Bosa's? They only got one Bosa. Jo- no, Joey, uh, Joey and Nick. Joey, Joey was on the Chargers. Chargers and they got Nick both of them? Good. Yeah. No, 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 no. no, no, no. The Chargers oh. got Joey. The oh, 49ers okay. got Nick. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Forgive me. I misspoke earlier. But I'm just saying, you know, when you look at that, you know, right. the, the progression of how the 49ers past three seasons have gone, really, and then how their next year went. I'm not saying yeah. that's indicative of how the Panthers are going to go, but it is eerily similar because we're going to have a high draft pick. Presumably uh, it's going to be a defensive player that's supposed to be dominant on the line. Um, and and then we should hopefully have our franchise quarterback back, which the more I think about it, the more once you look at the, the, the situation with Detroit, you look at the situation with the Bengals in Miami, I can't see us really making a push for a quarterback in this draft. So I think Cam Newton comes back Ooh. next year. We will see, man. Uh, I mean, listen, I could talk about this draft stuff all day. I love it. By the way, that's a beautiful yeah. segue. Uh, tomorrow, there is a brand new mock draft on drafttech.com. I am pouring more uh, detail into these comments than I ever have before. Uh, uh, and I'm trying to do some different players every week. So don't get too bogged down if you do or don't like my pick uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a controversial one. Uh, let's just say mm-hmm. that. But, dude, there's options, man. Um, there really is options. Um, I mean, for a team that needs now a brand-new inside linebacker, Isaiah Simmons is sitting there ready for the taking. If we need uh, another um, run stuff in defensive tackle, Derek Brown, I mean, he's been given to us in so many mock drafts by these NFL guys. It's it's crazy. Um, and then uh, there's even tackles, man. Andrew Thomas, Tristan Riffs. I mean, there are guys sitting at seven. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, maybe trade back. And maybe we should. I don't know. But I, I just think that, uh, and I said this last time, if you have the opportunity to draft a premium top ten talent, I mean, that's why the 49ers were able to turn around because they had these infrastructural pieces that allowed them to build their team and make them better. So um, I'm excited about getting, hopefully, a generational talent at at whatever position we pick. And I didn't even mention that if we do move on from Cam Newton, 
there are three quarterbacks that are kind of floating around this discussion that uh, the Panthers uh, might be able to grab. Uh, maybe two of them. So um, we'll see, man. It's an exciting time to, to be a Panthers fan. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCutChronicles.com. We're here every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Go ahead and subscribe. Smash the thumbs up button. We're on iTunes. Tune in. Stitcher. Uh, call into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's go ahead and jump into those Cat Calls and see what put our ear to the ground, see what Panther Nation is talking about. So what are your thoughts on Cat Calling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good. Like and a three and a four and a Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Uh, yeah, it's Joey Esquivel. I could play blind, but... <clears throat> I can't talk today sometimes. I got a cold and it's that time of night. But, um, yeah. I'm blind. And I probably okay. could have thrown some better passes than Will Greer played uh, through against the Saints. <laughs> so, uh, no to starting Will Greer. Matter of fact, why even draft Tua if we're going to do that shit? Let's just wait for Trevor Lawrence because Will Greer is going to get us straight to the number one pick, dude. Like, he's so bad, y'all didn't even talk about him the first game he played against the Colts. And I made yeah. sure to look, too. <laughs> I believe him. I believe him. Is that the joke? I made sure to look, too? Uh, yeah, he made sure to look, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, uh, next call. Dude, I don't know what's less likely Winning the Super Bowl or banging Caroline Cam? You take the pick. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. You're getting dumped. You're getting dumped, Joey. Keep it clean. Keep it clean, Joey. (laughs) Y'all in this Caroline Cam stuff is that uh, Josh said he said Caroline Cam in the chat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no, somebody mis, uh, mistyped it, and uh, I think he was joking about that. I know, How about, I know. All y'all need to back off anyway, because that's my boo thing. So I don't know <laughs> why y'all are talking about it like, oh, I have a chance. Okay, we got plans. She just doesn't know it yet, but we have plans. All right. Well, <laughs> so. Any, any hope for her coming on the show? Or I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's see yeah, if... she'll never come on here. Let's see. You know she got engaged. I don't care. <laughs> Neither is Joey, obviously. Right. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, um, here, let's see if things get better with this 10-second call. I guess it no. Oh, and about Drew Brees, I wouldn't want him anyway because he would have to throw outside. We don't have a dome yet, so. Uh, oh gosh, no I feel like Joey got. All right, I mean, next this is a conversation we can have if you guys would like. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a good. Hey, he's a dome quarterback. So is Matt Ryan, man. The facts mm-hmm. are the facts. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I believe, hey guys, if we're going to be quick on this, I think Drew Brees retires. Uh, I I tend to agree with you. I think that's kind of the direction it's going. Well, so you heard what happened at the Pro Bowl, right? Yeah, he so, said that his decision will be coming in the next month about well, whether but, he's going to be returning. He's always well, going to be a saint is what he said. Yeah, well, no, but it wasn't even that, though. It was uh, so they have a Pro Bowl starter, and then as the game goes on, they have another player that comes in. Uh, um, Russell Wilson was supposed to be the starter for the NFC, 
but he sat out and let Drew Brees be the starter. So mm. kind of like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If it's going to be his last Pro Bowl, yeah. then let him start. Oh, yeah, I kind of think the writing is on the wall uh, uh, for that. Which good riddance, dude. Uh, whatever, man. That I mean, aren't you scared? Aren't off. you? I mean, I'm more scared about him retiring now that Taysom Hill can be a franchise quarterback. Dude, there's a reason that he's a gimmick. There's a reason that he's a gimmick. I mean, I think they, I think it's a, a smokescreen. I think they want Ted, Teddy Bridgewater all the way. They're just trying not to put his draft or his uh, his cost up any higher than it already is because they would lose so much leverage if they thought that uh, that Taysom, if, if they thought Bridgewater was the only hope. There is a okay. reason that Taysom didn't get a chance to play in those five games. The calls are off the rails tonight, but there is a good, uh, I think it was Alex Stark that pointed it out in the chat room. And he said that we have hired Jake Peets as quarterbacks coach. Does that sound right? Jake Peets. And he heard, uh, and Jake Peets is, is associated with Alabama and was Tua's coach. The plot thickens. So they're planning on giving Cam another quarterback coach? Uh, If it is indeed Cam Newton, then... um, Well, it's not Scott Turner, that's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, uh, I mean, uh, listen, I can't go super in-depth on what, um, you know, specifically our quarterback coaches do for Cam Newton. But Joe Brady is the only one that, that matters to me. Cam Newton's fine. He's just throwing motion, all that. I'm not worried about that. Uh, Joe Brady is the one that's going to be calling the offense, and his offense is superb. So um, it, to me, it doesn't necessarily matter a whole lot about um, who the quarterback coach is. Uh, there was a few updates. Uh, Pat Meyer is our offensive line coach. And Jason Simmons is our defensive back coach. So yeah, we've got a few new hires. Yeah, it seems like hired we're... the linebackers coach. You said uh, line. I have not seen anything about a, uh, a linebacker coach. No. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Tommy Doc Martin says, "Yep, to his coach in 2018." And Brad Dugan says there is. Um, a lot of buzz and noise around Philip Rivers to the Buccaneers. Bring really? it. You guys, you, you guys want to know who, who I honestly, and I'm not hoping for it, but who I can see going to the Bucs? Oh. Tom Brady? No. Dude, look at this. Look at it from this perspective. You have Mike, Mike Evans. Evans. You, have, you have Chris oh, Godwin. Yeah. You have you Drew Brees retiring. Retiring. Horrible yeah, Drew Brees. Though. You have Bruce Arians as your coach, who is a very quarterback friendly coach. Yeah. Um, the, the if they can, I'm just saying. Yeah. You you eliminate Jameis Winston from that equation. They have a very dangerous offense. They're one really good running back away from being one of the best in the in the NFL. See, I, I I see exactly what you're saying there, and you're right. You're absolutely right. But I would say the same thing about the Chargers too. I mean, the Chargers. You got Keenan Allen. You got um. Um, Gordon, uh, yeah, uh, Benjamin, or whatever the guy's name is, and um, I mean, you got Melvin Gordon back. I mean, you've got a better offensive line and a way better defense. I mean, I think yeah, but who, I, I think if he's looking for a place to go, it's looking for a quarterback, especially if they're getting rid of Philip Rivers. 
I, I would have tended, I would have agreed with you about San Diego because that's where, I mean, or San Diego, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, um, yeah, Chargers, yeah, but um, just because he's from, but you got to go but, through uh, the, who do you got to go through? Right. You don't go through anybody. The Chiefs. But he, he, oh, you're talking about team one? Yeah. I think the coach is going to be a big deal with this whole thing. And, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I don't think the coaching in San Diego is going to push Tom Brady over the edge of wanting to leave New England. Uh, I don't think San Diego is that close either. Like, I don't think they're just one quarterback away from all of a sudden. I think, um, now, who are you more scared of, White Jameis or Tom Brady? Oh, I think (laughs) that's – so it's – You've got to say Tom Brady because Tom Brady can, uh, you know, command an offense very well. Um, But Jameis can throw that ball, you know, deep. I mean, granted, he throws it to a lot of the wrong players, but. But uh, Philip Rivers is like Jameis. Jameis, I think that the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should sign Philip Rivers and Jameis Winston and start one home and one away. Hmm. <laughs> or one on even downs and one odd downs. I'm into it. So, yeah. I mean, if That's I if I'm a if I'm a betting man, dude, I said Tom Brady is right back with the Patriots. They're running back for one more go. Josh McDaniels is still there. Um, you know, I just I I don't know. I don't buy. There aren't too many teams to go to that need a quarterback that are a quarterback away from being able to. Go to the Super Bowl. I think maybe if there was a team, it might be the Chargers, just because they have good pieces on their offense and they have some some good defensive players. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think who is Philip Rivers going to go to, and all of a sudden they're a contender. Well, see, that's the thing is, I, th- I think with players like Philip Rivers and 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 Tom Brady and the and Drew Brees, these guys who are older but are greats. I don't think anybody's looking at them as being the future, the piece they need. Kind of like they did with with uh, Peyton Manning, Denver did with Peyton Manning. I don't think there's teams right. looking for that. I think teams are looking for a stopgap, and who better to train the guy you draft this year than a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady? Sit behind him for a year, and then, I mean, the best quarterback in the NFL, arguably best quarterback in the NFL right now, sat down for the first year behind somebody. Aaron Rodgers sat down behind somebody for a while. There's a lot to be said about somebody who sits behind good quarterback and learns so yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent you know what the thing that's gonna keep tom brady away from tampa bay is all those problems they have with like mercer and shit in their locker room tom brady ain't gonna fuck with that (laughs) i I guess that could be lifestyle his wife is is a florida lifestyle of course well of course i guess you could say from what i've heard is Somebody was talking about the Carolina Panthers. Apparently, she works in North Carolina all the time. Is that somebody told me that? I, I don't know if that's accurate or no not. idea. I've uh, I've never heard that. Nobody um, can. Hey, is that nobody can see that skinny bitch anywhere? It's like she's so skinny, you miss her everywhere. This is where all y'all, all y'all, is that give me Cam's new baby mama over. <laughs> what the heck is that whole thing about him? Uh, are, are, so he got? Is is there a third? woman involved what the heck's going on over there uh dude it's so much rumors i don't know what's true apparently uh he had a a baby while he was still with kia with another woman i don't know i don't know it's all i think it's that girl man yeah i don't don't know man 
Like I just don't know if I believe. I'm not. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I, I don't ever see anything certain. But apparently, she's removed him from all his social media shit. But she's done that before, and it ended up like not being, not being anything. So, all right. who let's knows, see, man? Let's go to this call. Let's see. Have I played this one? What's going on, C3? It's Theo from Asheville. I haven't really been calling in as much, but I'm definitely still enjoying the show. You guys are having some great debates about the off season. Um, you know, with the whole draft coming up and it's basically impossible to right trade back. up and get Joe Burrow. I do like the two options or I was kind of thinking, which I don't really know why nobody's mentioning is the, the Andy Dalton option. Um, you know, he's going to be a free agent this year. And, you know, if you're just looking for a stopgap, somebody to fill in for a year, I don't think it's going to be that bad of an option. You know, if you're going to lose Cam, maybe get some draft picks out of that. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree that he's a great quarterback, but, I mean, you know, he's won a lot of games with a terrible Bengals team, and with them getting a new quarterback, I think it's inevitable that Andy Dalton's probably not going to start. Yeah, I think that he's a free agent, though. All this so, makes um, me so fucking sad. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. He probably wouldn't yeah. cost as much as like these other guys, like, you know, a.k.a. Teddy Bridgewater and whatnot. But um, yeah, I'd be interested the to hear idea, your thoughts on... All right, you know, so the idea of Carolina at this point with a... I can't even think of a name that's going to make me happy that isn't Cam Newton. What Are name you would draft, mean? Drafting or anything? Well, drafting, I think I, the only one I would be happy with is Tua. Okay. That's the only <laughs> one I'd be happy with because I don't think Burrow is possible. And I don't even really think Tua is possible, to be honest, at this point. Unless we're going to... I don't think he's right. going to be... Y'all, y'all see the seeds I planted growing? Look at him. Yeah, he's about two, about two months ago, just growing, growing. Everybody's you talking to him. You think he's going to be available? Uh, no, I've seen a couple mock grass with him falling to us. Uh, it no, really not a chance. He's not. I, there's no way. There's I, I no way. There's so many teams Dalton. that need a quarterback. It, I, did you yeah. say you'd be interested in Andy Dalton? No, no. I want to address the Andy Dalton call. The the what okay. the comedy said. Go he, ahead. he was talking about what. And here's my thing with Andy Dalton is. Andy Dalton's not a great quarterback. Andy Dalton reminds me of Matt Ryan. When you put him in a system that has great mm-hmm. players with it, he can throw the ball well, and he's you know he doesn't do too bad. But he's not a guy that's going to win the game for you. He's not a game changer. He's not a guy that you would be the face of your franchise when you're there. I mean, I think the whole time he's been there, they drafted AJ Green and Andy Dalton the same year as Cam Newton in 2011. So he's the same age as Cam Newton. Um, and AJ Green is the face of that franchise, not Andy Dalton. And that's that's the reason why is because Andy Dalton is not a good enough quarterback. Well, to neither step of them are there a, anymore a, now, right? Huh? Is that like they're uh, about to all be gone? AJ has one more year, I think. No. Uh, but then you have to pay him. There's yeah, no way. Uh, Whereas no way we're getting two at seven. It's just very simple. Is that I say that that's impossible. But, we, but he, the thing is, moving moving to four or five as opposed to one is a lot easier. To get to if we wanted him, it is. Yeah. That's the only um, name. Um, is there any name that would be, even be remotely interesting to you guys? 
that is a free agent right now. Free agent? So, no, because in my mind, it doesn't matter who we bring in. Uh, I think we're going to try and draft and develop our own instead of having to pay a quarterback from another place. Uh, So I think no matter who it is, it's not going to be a sexy pick. You know, like we said, they're going to bring in someone and then probably hope to develop someone else underneath them. Um, So really, Andy Dalton does nothing for me. But, I mean, again, none of these guys do. None of the free agents do. I mean, I guess I would prefer Andy Dalton over Philip Rivers at this no, point. Really? Really? Yeah, and dude, what are you talking about? You hate Philip Rivers. I, I, I do think hate Philip Rivers, Rivers, but I never even thought Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. Yeah. Philip Rivers is older. He has a worse arm, I would say. I, I just man, and, and Andy Dalton more, is terrible, man. He's terrible. He's this is silly. Get this, he's, get this mess he's, he's out of average. It. I mean, he, he made the playoff awful. like the like seven years in a row. Andy Dalton he's did. Matt Ryan, he if he played on the Bengals every year. Yeah, Matt, I mean, uh, I think the Matt Ryan comp is all right, but Matt Ryan is for he's better than he's way better. Than Andy Dalton. It's not even a question. So, slightly better I'm, weapons too. If if we sign Andy Dalton and let Cam walk, I'm not no, even dude, doing this. Yeah. I'm I, I just don't. This. I ask Andy Dalton. <laughs> I'm just saying a lot of people, yeah, he might be cheaper than Cam as far as this year in particular, but I mean it's just another situation where you're just kind of a stopgap measure. Um, there is no chance in my mind that Andy Dalton comes in and he just makes a run as our franchise quarterback all of a sudden. Right? <laughs> there is a chance that. Oh. They, He's if, the next you, Tannehill. If, if yeah, if you sign Andy Dalton, what you're doing is really just hoping that uh, we tank or something. You know, there is not a, a hope for success. You know, at least with Cam, you have a hope for success and keeping a franchise quarterback without having to do a complete rebuild. So, um, I, I know we were kind of on the on the downward slide with Cam last last week. Uh, um, you know, this week after processing everything, looking at the draft boards and realizing. I just don't see a situation where we don't keep Cam at this point. That's what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying. Uh, the other thing uh, is, is that if we, if somehow there is a next year, the Carolina Panthers trot out Andy Dalton, you might as well tear out all the fucking seats in the stadium, not just those four hundred <laughs> in the end zone. Oh God, yes. <laughs> there might I mean, just that's the only way you're getting a new stadium because we're gonna rip that shit down. Andy Dalton's a quarterback. So, uh, listen, man. Uh, obviously, I want Cam Newton to come back. That's my number one option. But uh, if we're going to start talking quarterbacks, I'm telling you, if we're going to get into it in the draft, I'll I'll end up selling y'all on, on Justin Herbert. I think that I don't think Justin Herbert makes it to that seven. Makes it to seven after the after his show and like. He had yeah. an incredible uh, senior. He, yeah, he and he he did awesome, man. Uh, and he was uh, did most of it from under center, throwing lasers. He was throwing passes with accuracy and touch. I mean, guys, you can't teach six foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds, and can move and has a cannon for an arm. You know. Um, so so here's the situation. Okay, you have Cincinnati guaranteed to take Burrow. You have Detroit, 
who is saying that they have an issue with uh, with possibly Stafford not being healthy and him having a much more serious issue with his injury. Um, so let's say they let's even take them out of the equation. We fast forward to Miami. Miami's going to be on the market for a QB. So mm-hmm. there goes within those three options. There goes Burrow and Tua. Now guess who's number six? Chargers. L.A. Chargers. Yeah. Who did they just yeah. say they were moving? They're getting. They're moving away from. <laughs> so they're moving again. So they are now the third team, possibly the fourth team in need of a quarterback within the top six. I don't think. I don't think he passes. Gets down to us, honestly, especially after he's going in the Senior Bowl. I I think you, you there's a good chance you're right, man. Because I'm sitting here looking at all these mock drafts and. Tua and and Justin Herbert and uh, and Joe Burrow are all going really, really quickly. But you, you got to remember too, there's a ton of quarterbacks on the market this year. Like there's never this many quarterbacks on the market this year. And all of a sudden, when they're old, if Miami or or uh, the Chargers yeah. take one of these quarterbacks, that changes the whole game up. Yeah, so it, it is possible um, depending on what happens in free agency. That is what I'm hoping for. Uh, to be perfectly honest, that uh, that uh, you know. Because again, this is all predicated on what happens with with Cam. So I mean, yeah. obviously, if if we're not moving on, then who cares? We get Cam Newton back. But um, you know, I think something uh, important to remember is that if we're in love with the quarterback, yeah, and and if we see there's a scenario where uh, the teams ahead of us that need one didn't necessarily fill that need in free agency, then we're talking about looking to. Call Washington, call Detroit, call the Giants, uh, and see who's willing to to trade it. I think if you want to grab one of those dudes, if you're in love with them, uh, go get them. You know, especially yeah. if you think that's the franchise, then yeah, one hundred percent, go get them. Yeah. And look at look at so Alex Stark had a, a pretty interesting comment. He said someone had a thumbnail of Herbert in a Panthers jersey and helmet, and it looked official. Uh, if you look at Herbert. He looks like he's from L.A. He is going. I mean, just if you look at from a pure comfort <laughs> position, I think L.A. is where he want he would prefer to be. He looks like he should be there. Yeah. What's the well, weakness the of young... his game, Cody? What's the weakness of his game? Oh, Herbert. So listen, uh, Justin Herbert is. Uh, everyone's going to knock him for his consistency. Uh, really, he was kind of the same quarterback all three years that he played. Uh, there was never a giant jump. Uh, his his decision making at times uh, isn't there. He holds on to the ball a little bit too long. But I want to I want to preface this. Um, uh, and in four years of being a starter at Oregon, he had three different offensive coaching staffs that all did different things. He was in the pistol his senior year. He was in something called a Gulf Coast offense the year before. And then uh, a completely different one the year before that. So you're talking about year after year, he was asked to do something fundamentally different than he was asked to do the year before. Um, add on top of that, they you know they ran from the pistol, but they also did a lot of you know uh, getting the ball out quick to his first read on bubble screens and stuff like that. But then they also had plays where he had to go through progressions and read the field. And sometimes his judgment would lapse. And I kind of think that's because he was asked to do both things part-time instead of one of them full-time. Um, but he's an incredibly intelligent dude. Uh, when you listen to his interviews, he's mature. He's saved for another year. 
to try and grow and become better as a football player. Um, I would have no problem drafting Justin Herbert. There are players that you just bet on, and I would have no problem betting on Justin Herbert. I watched just this highlight tape. That's it from this past year. And the two things that I saw, well, one I didn't see. One was he did tend to look like, I mean, a college quarterback, All they all do this, is that they have a guy that they're trying to go to. Um, and look, why is it saying that we're already running out of time? I swear I made it for longer than this. So, guys, we're going to actually wrap up the show pretty quickly because Shindig is kicking us like crazy out of here. But um, I thought he was uh, looking, uh, uh, he looked a little too hard at that first read all the time. And the other was just something that was absent from the tape, Cody. And that was, I didn't see the deep ball. And I know that you mentioned this when we were talking on Twitter or whatever, that that's a system thing. But still, I didn't get to see it. And, you know, it's a kind of a, a special, the deep ball is a special thing. And it's something that we've been lacking in Carolina. And a lot of teams that have quarterbacks that can't throw the deep ball find themselves quickly limited. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what highlight video you looked at. But I would personally say that's his specialty. Uh, I think that's what he does best. When you look at his career highlights, I mean, the dude has a cannon for an arm. I mean, he can push the ball downfield, especially on seam throws. Man, he can throw the ball right down the seam, uh, and uh, he throws with great ball placement. He's able to anticipate, uh, anticipate throws and throw receivers open. And he did not have a good receiving core at Oregon. Like there were not a lot of uh, not a lot of players that um, that were very tall or very fast. I find so I feel like he really didn't have a lot of trust in that offense. So he would kind of be hesitant to throw the ball because he didn't know uh, if his receivers had enough separation or if they were running the right route. I don't know. Something just seemed off, but. Um, I, I would say the deep ball is something that Herbert excels at. And if you've wanted to incorporate that into our offense, especially in Joe Brady's system, dude, Justin Herbert could could be a, a magic trick pick for us if, if that's who he ends up uh, becoming under Joe. But we'll see, man. Let's power through this call. Let's, go, let's see if I can squeeze a couple more calls in before we get out of here. Hi there, everyone. Rich in London. Uh, I love like hearing coming out of the new coaching staff. Um, I think if you're running a team, it's always best to work out what's your best talent and how to use it and then fit in accordingly. Um, for example, you know, Brian Burns might be the best young piece we've now got on D. So create a system that make, maximizes that, pick other players that maximize that and go from there. Um, do I get props yet for saying we see about last year's draft after last year? I still quite like the players we've got, but I think we're going to have it all wrong. Slightly concerned, Marty Hermes still involved. Um, but I'm happy with him doing mock drafts using Cody's draft tech. Um, yeah, otherwise, and, and we'll see how we go. Um, in terms of re-signing people, my God, we've got a lot of people. I wouldn't overpay James Bradbury. Um, I just don't think he's good enough to utilize more than about 10 or 11 mil. I mean, if he wants more than that, I think we're in trouble. Um, and I would think twice. Um, an interesting thing with the draft coming is that Derek Brown and Simmons are getting, and Isaiah Simmons are getting so much buzz. But I wonder whether a might drop to us, which would be fantastic. Um, 
anyway, yeah. enjoy the work and uh, keep on me. Oh, and uh, yeah, I'm going to be there in March and I'm going to be catching up with my man, Cody Lashley. So uh, anyway, guys, take care. Keep on me. Fantastic. That's Rich uh, Kingston from the UK. And uh, the uh, Okuda, if he fell to the Panthers at seven, all of a sudden that defense, that secondary goes from being a weakness to a strength. Oh, man, dude. So, uh, again, I haven't been, like, really breaking down film for a, a ton of years. Really, like, three, or f- three, three good years I've been doing it. And just in my time, um, Jeffrey Okuda is the best corner that I've seen. In college, uh, I liked him better than Jalen Ramsey, better than Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, dude, Okuda's a beast, and he is the very definition of a shutdown corner. And sometimes you don't pass on those types of players. Um, he would be fantastic. Like I said, man, right now I can think of about four or five different players that we could grab at number seven that would be just phenomenal pickups. Uh, uh, for the Panthers. Uh, um, and, and that's not even considering Javon Kinlaw, who's getting a lot of buzz too as a oh, terror. Yeah. yeah Javon oh. Kinlaw is a beast. Everyone's comparing him to uh, Chris Jones from, uh, from the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, he's a, he's a powerful dude, man. Uh, strong dude. And he would definitely add to our defense. So All right. Let we have options, man. let's check this next call. E3, Simple Southern Customs here. I now have the number saved in my phone as a contact, so I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm here for the pettiness. I'm here for the scores. I'm here for it all. Uh, Appreciate you, man. I got I to gotta bust Greg's balls a little bit. For some <laughs> reason, it feels like Greg's popping bones for Tua. I, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I am. Uh, I, I am. Not what Greg. What is uh, a love affair with Tua? Um, and I guess another question would be, would you rather have a healthy Cam Newton or a healthy Tua? Oh, God. Obviously, I think everybody's mm. going to go Cam here. But, again, that's part of my point as well. Why should that question have to be asked about somebody who doesn't even have a year under his belt yet? I mean, yeah. the headline stories are, can Tua do it in the NFL? He's, he's hurt. He's constantly hurt. I mean, hip injuries no, knows nothing to sneeze at. I had a hip injury in high school, and I'm still struggling with it. But, I mean, I don't want to have that concern. We're having the concern now with Cam. I think they need to give Cam that year. I think they, they owe it to Cam for what all he's done for this organization. But, I mean, with, with Tua, why do you want to ask those questions without even a year under his belt? It doesn't make sense to me. It feels like trying to go into the same boat already. I mean, let's, let's try it with Kim first and see how it goes. If not, uh, hashtag tank the trip. All right, C3, <laughs> take it easy. Yeah. Appreciate the call, man. Let me take this one. Yeah, go ahead, man. All right, so you have to. Busting my balls. That's cool. I that actually wouldn't really bust my balls. I was just kind of asking the question, but that was cool. Uh, no, I don't, uh, I don't have a thing for Tua. I do think he's an amazing quarterback because he's putting up stats that are, that are comparable to the best quarterbacks in college football. And he's not even playing most of the time in the fourth quarter. So he's playing, yes. you know, three, 75% of the time these other guys are playing and he's still putting up these numbers. It's insane. But I, I agree with you. 
I think that it is risky because he is injury prone. You don't know what they're going to be to get the pros. Uh, and, and I've said that before that the thing I think we should do is stay with Cam. I just don't know if that's what they're going to do. I, I'm a realist. I'm not an optimist. Like, I know what would be nice, but I look at what I think is going to happen. And that's why I've been talking about Tua because it just seems like that's, that's the play they're kind of, uh, the Carolina's uh, going for. So that's my thing. Well, I think one. I think for me, the look is that there's nobody that's. Well, I won't say is I. I love Cam Newton. I, I want to see Cam Newton hoist the Lombardi and Bank of America. But mm. over the past uh, couple of months, and since this injury and the bizarre nature of his kind of exodus from the Panthers in the season, you know what I'm saying? Like this weird distance and like whatever, you know, this is just a lot of weirdness around it. And then you get the chatter of Carolina moving on, thinking about this, moving on. Then you get the news that cam would rather go. Like we talked about this for hours last week about why, you know, the reasons that cam potentially might not be in Carolina. So I think for me, the thing with Tua that is exciting is that you see, these young quarterbacks out there, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Deshaun Watson, um, even the old hat now, Russell Wilson, who's the old hat of the, you know, came in after Cam. The There's an excitement there. And I think that for me with Tua, that I really believe that he would, like, if it wasn't for this injury right here, I still don't even know. I still think a team might take Tua over Burrow. Possibly. And and I want to point out, too, that when we're talking about comparing Cam and Tua, Cam's been pretty injury-prone the last couple of years, too. So would you rather have a guy, and this is just, you know, arguing to the side, would you rather have a guy who's 10 years younger and, you know, has some of the same, maybe the same skill set, but is just as injury-prone? Or And also, Cam's going to be cheap next year, but the new CBA is coming out. So if you're going to right. get a quarterback and have him for that five years on the first-round deal... Now's when you're going to want to do it because well, in a few that, years you may not know what the CBA is going to do for rookie quarterback. Yeah, there were some great points, but let me differentiate. They are not similar similar skill sets almost at all. Uh, with, with the amount of rushing ability that that, that Cam had, you're you're not going to use um, to a necessarily the same way, which okay. is fine. You don't want to use him that way. Um, yeah, I, I think he's more I, like a Russell Wilson. Dude, I, I, I think you always yeah, say Drew Brees. Yeah, he's a more athletic, more mobile version of Drew Brees. Now, when I say mobile, I don't mean uh, I mean he can he's taken off sometimes. He can do it if he needs to if there's an open run lane. But ideally, his movement is going to come from extending the play, moving outside the pocket, and throwing the football on the run. And he does all those things incredible. Um, you know, one of the things that talk about Joe Burrow this year if you listen to any draft talk, is it said Joe Burrow, you know, he has this incredible deep ball. He can throw the ball all over the field, but he doesn't necessarily have a lot of arm talent. He doesn't have the biggest arm in the world. He doesn't have that Patrick Mahomes kind of arm. And it's really a testament that you don't need to have an arm like that because Tua Tagovailoa doesn't have it either. But he throws with beautiful touch, anticipation. Um, He's able to just layer the ball where it's an easy ball to catch, it's where it needs to be, it's on time. Uh, a lot of being a quarterback is just due diligence, and Tua does all of that. Goes through his progressions well. 
Um, I would love to have him. He's not very comparable to Cam in style. But, you know, like our caller said, it is a legitimate criticism. If you cannot hand up to a stand up to, oh, yeah. an, to an SEC West schedule, why mm-hmm. is there any reason to think that you're going to be able to hold up better in the NFL? Like, it's a legitimate question, and it's not one that I'm willing to just brush off. And, and no one should either, because um, it is a real concern. Well, you would also hate for you to be paralyzed by the ankle, you know, two different ankles. And then, I mean, if, if you real, if the hip is a real, real concern, like if it is going to be like a degenerative type injury or really has changed the way he is going to perform in the future, then let's have that discussion. But those ankle injuries, while they were there, is like they also like repaired him and he came back and played and. You know, I would hate to, I would just hate to, if you have an opportunity, I mean, it just really depends on what the Panthers want to do. Do they want to, yeah. do they see Cam Newton in a Carol? really, do they see a Cam Newton in a Carolina Panthers jersey beyond 2020 is the real answer to how we approach this. If it is kind of, yeah, franchise, yeah, maybe extension, yeah, then let's talk about getting some other players. But if you have some real concerns about Cam Newton beyond 2020 and you're the Carolina Panthers management and the Tepper's in on that, I would not, you know, I mean, you got to strike when you have an opportunity. The question is, I don't know if we're close enough to get him. It's going to cost us. Um, but I do like to, uh, I think he is a, a pretty much a proven commodity. And, uh, you know, I think he would be a, that's the only name at quarterback I'd be interested in. Yeah, and then uh, Brad Dugan in the chat mentioned Trevor Lawrence. And listen, I'm a Clemson fan. Everyone knows I would love Trevor on this team uh, for the next however many years. But there's just no guarantee. Nothing's guaranteed. There's no guarantee that we're going to be in the position to draft Trevor, uh, I mean, which is probably going to be the number one pick, um, or, or let alone even have a top 10 pick. I mean, if wow. we're picking from 11 to 15, you know, it doesn't matter. That's out the window. It's a bad season that isn't bad enough to get the guy that you want. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. And that that's why I really think, you know, uh, people are going to say now, like Greg was pushing Tua down people's throat. I'm pushing Justin Herbert. I'm not pushing anyone right now. All I'm saying is, is that I think that if we're going to consider drafting quarterbacks, I think uh, people are really down on Justin Herbert for a lot of the wrong reasons. When you dig a little bit deep, like I don't do my quarterback rankings like everyone else does. Every year, my top quarterbacks always look a little bit different than everyone else's. Uh, I was higher on Dwayne Haskins last year than a lot of other people were. I still think Dwayne can be a good quarterback. But um, I I really do think that the people that are judging Justin Herbert too premature um, kind of need to – uh, look at some of the context behind the criticisms that they're hearing because I think there is just so much upside to Justin Herbert that if the Carolina Panthers were going to move on, he's probably not going to be the highest rated. Well, we know he's not going to be the highest rated. So, uh, you know, if you if that's your guy and two has gone to Miami or uh, Detroit, whatever, you know, go get the guy. All right. Uh we're kind of winding down the show. The Super Bowl is on Sunday, and 
um, the 49ers and the Chiefs. To me, this is one of the most exciting Super Bowls. And I, I feel like we had this conversation a little bit last week on the show. Is that we have... The Super Bowls have not been particularly uh, intriguing to us as fans. Whether it be, you know, the Eagles and the... The Patriots, you know, having to watch the Patriots against the Eagles, the Patriots against uh, the Falcons. And, you know, there really hasn't been anything that has been all that uh, that embraced us and drawn us in. But this has to be the best Super Bowl matchup uh, I, I can remember in a good while. And that you've got the best offense or the savant Andy Reid, the great Patrick Mahomes versus that killer-ass defense and that run attack. It's a little bit of something for everybody when it comes to the Super Bowl. Well, Absolutely. No, I yeah, it's, I'm, I'm excited about it, man. It's it's uh, it's a battle of two different styles of football, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see that. Who do you all think is going to take it? That's the question. I got 49ers. Yeah, I, I think uh, defense wins championships. Uh, I, I think... Um, um, I don't know, dude. It really is tough, man. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, you have a really good defense from the Chiefs, so I mean, it's yeah. really hard to, yeah, to to do that. But I think when you look at, you know, <laughs> I hate to bring it up because it's bad memories, but the Panthers, we had a really good defense. We had a very good offense. Um, and we were going against a, a team that had the best defense and an okay offense. You yeah. know, right? It was it's it was managing. It was it was working. Yeah. Well, now you have the Chiefs, who I think are are similar to the Panthers, 2015, where uh, you have you know dynamic, explosive offense that can score on any play, uh, and then you have the defense that you know you you can trust. You you, you didn't have to worry about them, uh, which is the Chiefs, and then now you go to the 49ers, and you have a, a team that's very similar, except for I think they're a little more explosive on offense, but they have a pass rush that's going to be able to get to Patrick Mahomes in a hurry. Um, but as I said last week, I think that this game plays well into what Andy Reid and, and, and Patrick Mahomes do best, which is the, the, the screen pass and the, there's going to be like so. a thousand screen passes in this game. Thanks for that. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's going to be, they're going to have to very well be disciplined because that's the only way that the 49ers come out of this. And I think that this, this is the team to do it because they've been disciplined all season. Um, there's been a, a few uh, mistakes here or there, but that offense, even an interesting stat that I heard on uh, Pat McAfee uh, show was in the when a team is behind, the QBR, the best quarterback in the NFL from playing from behind, Jimmy Garoppolo. Hmm. Jimmy G. Which, I mean, yeah. I believe well, it. I think that's, that's what also his porn a star girlfriend said too. <laughs> ah, but um, nah. that's one of those things where stats may be deceiving for you. I think I'm not sure. Well, but. No, I, I, well I, look, I, as I, they put I, up. Um, mine too. Listen, look up, at the Saints game. Look, look at the Saints game. The, their defense failed them, and then they still went. You know, you know, uh, oh, touchdown yeah. for touchdown, shot for shot, every single. So I mean. To, I, I'm not, and the Saints defense not, was not bad this year. So yeah, that no, yes, not, not the typical Saints team that just beat everybody with an offense. Every that defense carried a lot yeah. of that team. 
I agree there. I think this is uh I I think that the San Francisco 49ers have been the best team all season uh out of the two. You know, if you could take away Baltimore, which the playoffs did, is that probably leaves San Francisco with the best football season in totality after yeah. Baltimore. But when it comes to the Chiefs, though, is that they had some problems early on, but they've really just gotten better and better every week. The defense has gotten better. Patrick Mahomes is recovered from a dislocated knee, and he's out there balling. And uh, so I think that my pick is been, has been the 49ers, and I, I think that is – I don't see why I should change it, but I tell you, if I think I may be rooting for – the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. I'm not the 49ers. See, see, is that, but I, I mean, look, is uh, Andy Reid hasn't been to this. This is his arguably, or potentially, he only has so much time left. He hasn't been in a Super Bowl in 17 years since he was with Philadelphia. The Chiefs have only made it yet. one time in 15 years, 50 years. 50. This, uh, this, these windows, the windows closing. So, if you want the cheat, the Andy Andy Reid uh, to kind of have that Hall of Fame moment as a coach, this is it. And yeah. um, San Francisco, if they don't win, you know they could be back next year. I just don't know how long. You know Andy Reid himself. I mean, he don't look like he's in the best shape. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I think that the I, I'm with agreement with all you guys. I think that the Niners take this one. Unless Kansas City can stop the Niners' run game, I think if they shut down the 49ers' run game, and they did it against Tennessee, but it's a completely different run game. Yeah, their their offense is so motion oriented. It's it's hard to play stop the run game against that 49ers. Oh, I agree. That I'm wanting to see going into this matchup is what Andy Reid and the and the Kansas City offense. But how they decide to attack San Fran's defense. Because if you remember when the Panthers played San Francisco, you know, we had one of the better defenses in the NFL at that point in time. But Kyle Shanahan would not let us pin our ears back and just get into that pass rushing stance. He would not let that happen. Um, I kind of wonder how much Kansas City is going to look to run the football. It's, I mean, they're definitely not a run first football team. But no, um, who I is just, even their running back? We don't even know who their uh, running back is. So, uh, yeah, Damian, yeah, Damian Williams, who was a late round pick out of LSU, um, and uh, they um, they have a game last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, and, and they, they've been playing well. Um, I I don't know. So listen, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna pull a switcheroo, man. I think. Uh, I, I, I kind of think the Chiefs are gonna get it done. I, I just I think this is a team of. Uh, I hate to say a team of destiny. It sounds so stupid and cornball. But um, I, I think that they're going to capitalize um, on the moment. I, I'm definitely pulling for Kansas City. I'm definitely not surprised if San Fran wins. But um, I, I think the Chiefs are going to pull it off. I think one yeah. thing that I uh, – I mean, just because San Francisco's defense has been so good, it's hard for me to remember that, this to say this, but – when I was watching, when I've watched Kansas City play these two games, these two playoff games, I have said multiple times their offense cannot be stopped. Like it's yeah. like impossible to stop these guys. 
So is is San Francisco the only team, the only moment that it can be stopped? Because I tell you, I mean, these guys have been down, and that off. I mean, they ain't blinking, man. They can put up points in a heartbeat. It's going to yeah. be hard to keep them shut out. Like, I don't all of a sudden see the Kansas City Chiefs pulling a Panthers and scoring whatever we scored in the Super Bowl, seven. No. Whatever it was. No. No way. No way. Uh, that, yeah, uh, I've been comparing them to a bomb, man. Once it goes off, you, you don't you don't undo it. I, I will say that, but didn't we say the same thing last year with the Rams who had that amazing offense? And the Patriots going to Super Bowl, and we got a thirteen to three. <laughs> Super yeah, Bowl. but there was, was some awesome. suspect with that offense as soon as Gurley was missing. Yeah, yeah, their plan had to change in a pretty abrupt way. But so. I mean, they weren't able to pass the football either. So we'll, yeah. we'll see, man. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I do think the matchups favor. Kansas City. I mean, any matchup is going to favor Kansas City. Like Richard Sherman's not a burner. He's not going to be able to cover Tyreek Hill. I mean, who can yeah, cover Tyreek Hill? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So um, that's what I'm saying. They're going to depend on that pass rush. San Fran knows that they can't match up uh, corner to receiver, so they're going to ask their defensive line to get home, and and they're going to hope that that affects them. That's why I said. I wonder how much Kansas City is going to run the football because I think it'd be better if they just didn't let them have the opportunity to pin their ears back and and get after Patrick Mahomes. Dude, I think you just double you just double Kelsey, you double Hill, and then you make somebody else beat you. That's what you got to do. I mean, Michael Hardman, Samuel Watkins. I was about right. to say, yeah, yeah that's, dude. A, that's a hard. Uh... Yeah, dude. They, they, I mean, but that's probably dude. the best strategy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is, and the other thing is, is don't play soft because you're scared of their speed because you play nine yards off on this team and they're going to get 12 every time mm-hmm. just yeah. because they get that ball and they get going so fast. I mean, there have been plays. that ty- The Tyreek Hill guy, there's plays that you're like, this play has got nothing. And all of a sudden it's a 13-yard game. I, I do want to ask, though, don't you think that could be kind of a strategy, though, is to play off because – where Kansas City kills you is the fact that they, they they can strike so quick. Three plays, you know, 45 seconds, they score a touchdown. That's where they kill you at. If you can make it so that way they're having to have six, seven-minute, 12-play drives, and then you're, you're San Francisco and you can milk the clock like you do running the ball and stop them one time, that may be a good strategy to, to, to like, let them burn you know, the clock up. I, because they're, I, they're big I would understand that. how fast they can hit you. I would yeah. understand that, but here's the thing. If you're playing soft, right, you're asking for them to be just short game, uh, screen game. Those are their strengths. If yeah. you the, the the only way I think that the 49ers win this is if their pass rush gets home. And the only way that's going to happen yeah. is if you take away that short game. That's going to leave <laughs> the secondary open. But you've got to bet that your pass rush is going to be able to get to Pat Mahomes fast enough to where he's out of the pocket and he's having to improvise, even though he's really good on the on the run. But that is the only way. So that's I I agree with, uh, you know everybody. Uh, I think for the most part, I think everybody has a decent game plan. I think the hardest thing is, uh, I, I do believe that you have to almost let the, the deep ball be a priority for them because that means Pat's got to be holding on to the hand uh, the ball a, a lot lot longer. So. 
It'll be fun. Right. I'm pumped for it. I'm pumped yeah. for it. I'm ready. What are what are our, uh, do we have uh do we have uh scores? Oh. Ooh. I think it's actually I think there'll be some points in this. I'm going to say 24-17 Chiefs. I changed my mind at the last second. Okay. Yeah. Say 31-28 San Fran. Wow, that's a lot of points. I think it's yeah, going to be an interesting one. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a, a one of the more uh, high scoring uh, Super Bowls that we've ever seen. Even though we are going against some of the better defenses, I think it's going to be similar to the Saints game where uh, everybody has forty. Uh, I think the the Forty ers are going to have 40, 40, 48, 49. Let me say forty nine, and then I think the uh, uh, the Chiefs have forty two. Holy mm. cow! Forty nine. Wow. I'm 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 also gonna go high, man. I'm gonna say forty one thirty seven, and I'll say Kansas City forty one thirty seven. And I, I kind of think it'll, so. This is my advanced prediction. I kind of think that uh, Kansas City is gonna pour it, or rather, San Fran's gonna pour it on. Kind of like how these last two playoff games are going for Kansas. Kansas City's gonna get in the hole, and then they're gonna turn it on. And they're going to get the lead on San Francisco, but I think San Francisco is going to be able to match them, punch and, back, and, and yeah, and be back. able to punch back and be able to put points on the board. I mean, George Kittle is a monster, dude. I mean, that is a weapon, and more importantly, Kyle Shanahan knows how to use those weapons. I mean, we saw what he did to Carolina, so yeah, I think it'll be an awesome one. All right, you're listening Amazing. to the seat. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We're live Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Cat Calls line is 252-228-5098. Go ahead and call in to the Cat Calls line over the next couple of days. Maybe CK can put together a, and, and I and we can put together some things that, uh, you know, give you a little taste of some of the things that we couldn't get to tonight in tonight's broadcast. Let's go ahead. I think we've talked, uh, you know, about, pretty much about Panthers and what's going on with the Super Bowl, and there's really nothing else, I think, pressing for this evening other than the Ice Up picks. And that's where we, the longest-running segment on the C3 Panthers podcast, where we tell someone to Ice Up, toughen up, get it together, our homage to Steve Smith. Guys, has anybody got a burning desire to start the Ice Up picks tonight? Yeah. I think you do. I think you do. Or, sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I, I normally never go first because I'm always uh... – uh, searching at the last minute for a good ice up pick, but I actually have one. So uh, Robert Dish, Dish, I guess, uh, on Twitter says Fox Sports execs have made it clear if Greg Olson is interested in becoming a broadcaster next year, they will absolutely offer him an analyst job, which we all know this, right? But then Omar Kelly, who is a beat writer, he has a check mark. I've seen his name a bunch before. Uh, replies to this, quote tweets it, and says, someone is going to have to explain to me why every former athlete allowed to get a TV job is a tight end. Which doesn't make a damn bit of sense to me, because when I named them off the top of my head, I think Tony Romo, uh, Troy Aikman, uh, you know, Booger McFarlane, like, no, there aren't really a lot of... Uh, Jason I Whitten think he's thinking out. Tony Gonzalez. I think he's yeah, thinking Tony Gonzalez. Jason Witten. Shannon, Shannon Sharp. 
And Jason Witten was terrible. I know, so but they, he, so they, yeah, they, I think yeah. that's part of it is that he saw that. And I think that, honestly, I think that's probably the only one that he could probably recall, if I'm being honest with you. So, uh, I think, yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're uh but No Rob Gronkowski taking over Monday night football at the moment. That maybe that yeah. would be the best filling. I heard that ESPN is ready to back up the Brinks truck to get Tony Romo. Uh I'm oh, sure yeah. I, I, uh Tony or or Greg Olson, but yeah, Tony or would Peyton be, Manning. Would be Peyton fan, Manning yeah. said that he would be willing to go. Yeah, Peyton Manning is another one that's good at it. But um so I'm icing up Omar Kelly for this dumbass tweet. But you know what? I'm not the only one icing up Omar Kelly. Greg Olson himself is icing up Omar Kelly. Because Greg Olson replied uh, with a quote tweet. Um, so the, what the original question was by Omar, someone is going to have to explain to me why every former athlete allowed to get a TV job is a tight end. Well, Greg Olson responds, same answer I give people who question my football career. Go check the tape. It's all out there. <laughs> Blast. So, oh, so Greg Olson is icing up Omar Kelly, and so am I. Omar, ice up, son. Uh, Trail One says, ice up that CNN chick for that called out Kobe, called Kobe the N-word. Yeah. Oh, man. Can I go? Uh, I don't think, yeah. Did you see mind. the apology? I didn't. I didn't hear it. I just read her apology. It's like she combined the word Laker, Lakers, and Knicks together to say the <laughs> Nakers. Okay, but can we have a little common sense uh, for a second? Like, okay, if what the worst moment to decide? Hey, you know what? I'm gonna let out all my inner racist trappings after Kobe Bryant just died. And I'm gonna say it on air, like, come on, dude, she obviously fucked up, and, yeah. and, and didn't and didn't mean to say that. I mean, and it does sound like that's what she said, but come on, you have to be a special kind of stupid to throw around the N word after Kobe Bryant just died. Come on, man. Brad Dugan oh. says he's icing up TMZ for breaking the news that Kobe died before the families were notified. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. And yeah. hey, actually, all all this Kobe talk actually walks me into right into my eyes up pick. If you don't care if I go, okay. yeah, yeah, go ahead. Is uh, you know, obviously everybody knows Kobe Bryant uh, tragically was killed. Him and his daughter and seven other people in the helicopter wreck uh, Sunday. Uh, I'm a big basketball fan. Uh, I'm a Lakers fan. So it uh, and I know that has nothing to do with anything that's going on with it, but it's it's tough. And I'm icing up everybody on the internet or any kind of newscast or anybody who's posting stuff about how, well, let's not forget he was accused of rape and all this stuff. They bring up that kind of stuff because I hope that I don't hope. How about this? Imagine something like this happens to you or your family. And all anybody wants to do is drag up stuff from 15 years ago that has been resolved and you, and you've changed your life since then. That's all people want to do is drag that kind of stuff up. In, in, in the moment of your of your death and, and what's going on with your family. And I, I just can't believe man, read the room. You can't do that kind of stuff right now. Maybe if you want to talk about it later, talk about it later. But now's not the right time, man. I, I don't I don't care what you thought about the guy. Uh he he's he's a world icon. And it was a tragic death of him and a bunch of other people. And uh I you know, terrible, terrible thing that happened. But uh to, to all those anybody else reporting, posting all this kind of stuff, stop doing it, man. Ice up. Leave the man alone. Like, let his family mourn. 
it's a tough time right now. So just to let you know, the it it finally crashed, Cody. It's yeah, over. It, it's, it's over. Yeah, yeah. It, as Greg was doing his eyes up. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, no, but they got yours. Yours went through. Yours went through, and I'm okay. recording oh, it man. for the for yeah. the audio oh. version. Everybody, um, so do you want to just continue then? Yeah, my yeah. Uh, my ice up pick is just going to be Kareem Hunt, and uh, he was cited on the 21st for not cited. Actually, he was let go, but he like was all talking to the cop, cop and stuff. I mean, he just got caught with weed. Poor Kareem Hunt just can't stay out of trouble. And I was no. going to ice up Greg for thinking that Chase Blackburn was going to anchor our <laughs> linebacking core, but I, I feel like they've, they've come after you enough. <laughs> so that's my ice up pick. <laughs> Nothing sexy. And I have not researched uh, Trump's plan to solve the Middle East problem enough yet to ice that one up. But this mm. tunnel between the West Bank and Gaza, if Donald Trump is like this, is that you know how we had that moment, like all of a sudden North Korea... It's going to come back into the flow of the world. That went away. They're back to being North Korea. Like, if he, like, it's world peace, we're going to be like, what the fuck? Peace in the Middle East, <laughs> and it's under Donald Trump, would be amazing. Uh, so, my ice up pick goes to Cream Hunt. Nothing good. All right. So, first, I, before I get into it, I want to, since we brought up Greg Olson, um, something that leads me to believe that Greg Olson is about to retire. Did you guys see his tweet? About Kobe Bryant? Oh, no. He said he recently had read, not too long before the death of, of Kobe, um, an article that Kobe did an interview, and he had talked about how his time away from basketball has been incredible because he's been able to spend so much more time with his family, has been able to focus on them and be <coughs> a, a present father and a husband that he hadn't been able to be for a while. And... Um, you know, Greg said that he took that to heart. And, uh, you know, obviously that's impactful, not only just from what Kobe said, but from what we expect from Greg this year. Um, you know, you, you kind of wonder, is that the writing on the wall? And it was that maybe a little bit of information being leaked out there. Um, I just uh, I think that that's an interesting uh, uh, tweet to put out there and to have that be the focus point of, uh, of that interview. Because Kobe has done a lot of things, and and to have that be the primary point uh, point of your tweet makes me think that maybe Greg is about to retire. So, um, but nonetheless, my ice up, um, pretty basic. Uh, I think we can all agree that this is a short window for the Chiefs. They have no ability to pay everybody on their uh, roster. Um, specifically, they have not yet paid their star quarterback, and uh, you know that they're they're. I guess their front office is in, in, in belief that they are going to be able to get out of this offseason without actually having to extend Mahomes. Um, mm. I don't know if you guys know, but he had MVP last year. He's in the Super Bowl this year. There is no way on God's green earth that Patrick Mahomes plays next year without a new contract. No way in life whatsoever. Patrick Mahomes is very confident, and I promise you he believes that that organization needs him way more than he needs them. So he has a lot of leverage, and I feel like it is very likely that he is going to get paid this offseason. So to the office executives that are in a position where they're really, where they're just trying to really get uh, a little bit of negotiating leverage, 
uh, ice up because you clearly have not done your job long enough to understand how this is going to go down with a quarterback who has been as dominant as Patrick Mahomes has this early in his career. So uh, ice up, Chiefs, executives, ice up. Ice All up. right, this is the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Um, we're on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, subscribe to everything, and uh, like us wherever you're at, and follow us on Twitter, at cat underscore chronicles. How can they get after you on Twitter, Cody? You're muted. Oh, silent, Cody. I can't hear you. Cody's muted. CK, where my can bad. they find... Oh, there he is. My, my, my bad. There. Yeah. <laughs> you can find me uh, at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, hit me up. There is a brand new mock draft tomorrow on Draft Tech. Um, I'm really putting a lot of love and care into these. I'm putting links so that way you can see what I'm talking about. And um, yeah, check it out, man. The Carolina Panthers first and second round comments and the Houston Texans because I also write for them too because they pay me. So yeah, that's it. All right, CK on Twitter, where can they get after you? Get me at uh, Codizzle Allen. Uh, C-O-D-I-Z-Z-L-E-A-L-L-E-N. Um, so uh, I I think next week I'm just going to write it back here. There you go. So. There you go. Bat Daddy, <laughs> where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, just like that, man, at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter. Uh, you can also check me out at SCS Podcast 1 on Twitter. It's the handle for my other show. Uh, if you like movies, comics, uh, TV shows, stuff like that, check us out. It's called the, C- the Super, the Civil, Super Servant Civil Servants Podcast. Podcast. You guys got to listen to it for... The latest kind of, I would say, you know, strangely, nerd culture is becoming pop culture. Hmm. Yeah. Bizarre. That's why I bizarre. started to call it pop culture, but yeah. It's been All that right. way for years now, man. All right. That's the C3 Panthers podcast. We'll be back with you next Tuesday, guys. Have a good Peace. one. Adios. Yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.